I thought that was going to be I thought that was going to be an interesting conversation then which would lead us down the path of Bigfoot and all the rest of it but no you just went no none of them are real Larissa says to all of you out there stop your fucking nonsense there is no such thing as a chupacabra or Bigfoot or in fact and Loch Ness can go and fuck itself quite frankly at this point no not Nessie so Nessie's real I really hope so Hello, you're listening to Brazil Nuts, an insane journey through the world of Brazilian politics, with your hosts Larissa Peixoto, political scientist, and Gareth Davis, the A-list's most sought-after professional beekeeper. Coming up on this episode, we talk about the Russian report that was recently released by the UK government. We're also talking about Twitter trolls as well. Yeah, it's a fun subject right there. Uh, Remember to like and subscribe to us wherever you go. You can do that, you know, you can subscribe to this podcast uh, as if it was a newsletter from a local community theatre but instead of watching Amdram versions of Annie you can actually listen to this podcast instead I mean you don't you don't have to you know not go and see Annie you can always go and see Annie if you want to it's just you can also listen to this as well that, that's what I'm trying to say don't deny yourself any riches here we can become part of your daily routine or weekly routine probably Unless you do want to listen to us every day. In which case, great, do so, by all means. Okay, good. I'm glad we had this talk. Thank you for listening. Did you hear there was a uh, a professor from New Zealand? His name was Professor Neil Gemmell. And he went to Loch Ness to analyze the waters for DNA, different strands of DNA, is to find out what potentially could be in the water itself. And uh, do you know what he discovered? Nothing. No. Something. Something is lurking in the lock, but it's not a dinosaur. Even though plesiosaurs aren't dinosaurs because dinosaurs are land-based and anything else, including pterodactyls, isn't technically a dinosaur. But... Nerd... Dude, I've just watched five Jurassic Park movies back to back. (laughs) Give me a break, okay? (laughs) I'm sorry. I apologize that I'm overflowing with fucking (laughs) ancient reptile. Dinosaur information because you watch Jurassic Park. It's not like you watch the documentary. Jurassic Park is to documentaries the ancient aliens to actual history books. And what's wrong with ancient aliens? They don't exist. (gasps) Right, we're going to have a conversation about this. (laughs) Oh, God, no. No, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, no, we are going to have a conversation about why you're probably right, but shut up. (laughs) What did the New Zealand guy find in... The water. So he found out that the likelihood is is that there is something lurking in the water, but what it isn't, it isn't plesiosaur or anything like that. It is, in fact, a giant eel. Yes, I've heard about this. Mm-hmm, indeed, absolutely. And do you know what's terrifying about giant eels? Nothing. Eels are scary as shit, dude. Not to me. They have a jaw inside their jaw. <laughs> Exactly like the Lysanomorph from Aliens. 
You haven't seen me eat, man. You do not have a retractable jaw inside your jaw. That's not no, something but you have. Sometimes it looks like I do. Okay, so he thinks it's a giant eel, and I'm okay with that. Okay. I don't think any of this can fit into the podcast, by the way. This I, is a mess. I think it can. I think you're underestimating. <laughs> I think you're underestimating how desperate I am for people to hear your opinion that Bigfoot is a load of bullshit. That's what. That's what. <laughs> of course, Bigfoot is a load of bullshit. How dare you? How dare you? T- you try telling that to the Hendersons, okay? All right. Who? The Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons? Who? Okay, so Harry and the Hendersons is a 1987 movie starring John Lithgow, who you like. We've discussed that you like John Lithgow. Yes, yes. Yeah, right, okay. Third Rock from the Sun. There you go, there you go. And uh, also as well, nobody worth (laughs) mentioning. (laughs) They They could only afford him. I mean, this was in 1987, so John Lithgow wasn't exactly pulling down top dollar either at that point. I was... What? Okay. Now that bit, I am definitely going to have to edit out. Why? Because I don't want people knowing when you were born. Why? Because there's a reason you don't give people your date of birth. I just... I just tweeted out the thing. Like, people were tweeting out gifs from the date they were born. I know. I know, and you know what? I should tell you. I was going to tell you off about that, but I haven't yet. <laughs> Why? It's just this is fun. how Bitcoin scams it's in happen. My CV. It's did you in not my CV. see? Did you not see Joe Biden's Twitter account go? Hey guys, I'm offering you free bitcoins right now if you send me your bank account <laughs> details. Oh my god, who was dumb enough to fall for that? Do you know who's dumb enough to fall for that? People willing to pay $50,000 worth of Bitcoins into these accounts. Oh my god, people are idiots. Exactly. I am not that dumb. Look, if we've established anything, people can't be trusted to make the right decision. I do want to mention very, very briefly that the Russia report got released today as we're recording this. We're recording this on the 21st of July. And so as of maybe two hours ago, the Russia report was released. And uh, do you know what the Russia report is? No, I don't. Okay, right. So British government commissioned a report into Russia's involvement in trying to interfere with elections dating back to, you know, 2010 and so on and so forth, and including the independence referendum for Scotland, and also as well the Brexit referendum, and the 2019 general election. So all of those included as to as to what Russia's involvement were in interfering with those elections. Guess what the report found? Russia swayed the elections, and that's why we have Brexit, and that's why Scotland isn't independent? No. Oh. That's not what the report found. What the report found was that it couldn't say if Russia had any interference at all in any of the elections, because the government hasn't bothered to try and find out about it at all. But isn't the report about the government trying to find out. The report itself. No, 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 no. The report itself is to find out what information there is available to show that Russia has been interfering with these elections. It turns out there is no information there because 
and this is genuinely true, the government has not been bothered at all to try and find out. To the point where they contacted MI5? James Bond, yes. M- MI6. MI5 is killing Eve. Yes, there you go. MI5 is killing Eve. So they contacted MI5 and they said, uh, um, excuse me, lads. Lads? No, not lads. They're ladies. Yes, but lads is a... It's not gender neutral and you know it. It is gender neutral. Excuse me, everyone. What? How is that not gender neutral? Everyone is gender neutral. Lads specifically means boys. It's older boys. It's young men. Everyone knows this. Should I pull up Merriam-Webster? Okay, pulling up Merriam-Webster. Lad, a male person of any age between boyhood and maturity. Lad, British, a stable worker, regardless of age or sex. It's great for the lad that the horse has won the national. Urban Dictionary does not count. That's not on Urban Dictionary. That is literally the first result on Google as a definition. Which comes from? Definition from Oxford Languages. Which means a slang. Boom! 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 <laughs> Mic drop in your face! That is a slang. Anyway. Anyway, they called MI5. They called MI5 and they said, excuse me, non-gender specific people. Do you have any information in regards to the possibility that Russia themselves may have been interfering in our uh, political process and undermining our democracy at all? And what MI5 sent back has been redacted and doesn't appear in the report. But apparently, apparently what MI5 sent back was only six lines of text. Oh. That they had on this. And it wasn't like, yeah, we looked into it and there is nothing. It's just, no, we didn't look into it. It was that. Exactly that. And apparently it ends with, (laughs) apparently it ends with, well, basically we, what? What we think is you should do, right? Speak to some academics, because we've seen some papers about this. Uh, you know, about Russian trolls on the Twitter and on the Facebook, right? Okay? So get in touch with them, right? Read those papers, give you everything you need to know. And that was their response. Yeah. Now, MI5's excuse for all this is that they try not to get involved in issues that are politically contentious, which is fine, which is okay, and you can understand why. However, somebody trying to undermine your entire government might actually be seen as kind of the thing that MI5 is supposed to get involved in. Yeah, everything can be politically contentious. That's absurd. Exactly. Exactly. But the report then lays the blame directly at the floor of the government and says that basically the government themselves should have been going, well, actually, fellows and fellets, if you are, (laughs) if you are at all, because we're quite concerned about the fact that, you know, Russia are trying to come over here and undermine (laughs) the West entirely. Why don't you come, why don't you actually, you know, knuckle down and, you can maybe sort of give us some information which we can go, no, stop it, Russia. Mm, like that. But apparently none of this has happened at all, whatsoever. Everything has been just awful for the past five years, and at no point anybody went, ah, oh, you know what we'll do? We'll try and find out the reason for this. 
<laughs> it's like, I tell you what it's exactly like, because the British government released a, a statement after the Russian report was released. So number 10 released a statement after the Russia report was released, which said that we see no evidence of any successful interference with the Brexit referendum. Except that it was approved. Except for the fact... Well, <laughs> the point is that they haven't even looked to see if there is any evidence at all, whatsoever. So it's a bit like saying, I don't believe the moon exists, even though I never look in the sky. Now, if you look at the sky at night just once, you'll see the fucking moon. It's big and it's white and it's round. Yeah, the the whole thing about referendums and plebiscites and the whole giving the voice to the people aspect of that is that they shouldn't happen in those sort of circumstances. So a referendum, usually, the meaning is you approve of somebody else's decision. So technically, a referendum is usually legislative house makes a decision and then you put it to a referendum to see if the people support that decision or not. So what technically happened with Brexit was a plebiscite. It was people voted for a yes or no decision on something that is incredibly complex and affects millions of people, not just in the UK, but also in Europe, and by consequence, kind of indirectly in the rest of the world as well, because it affects several trade deals that were happening with the European Union and also visas and the whole thing. So there's the that guy on Twitter, R.S. Archer, who's doing the whole... Retelling, telling the story about him and his neighbors who are British and have a vacation home who would be the retirement home in France. And he is British, but he has a dual nationality with France because he's married to a French woman. And these people were completely led to a misconception of what Brexit would be and now have been are being forced out completely correctly. Of course, France has the entire right to do that. Uh, but the guy lost his job because his company is leaving the UK because Europeans don't want their data in the UK anymore. They want their data within the European Union. And apparently it's a data service business. So all of that perfectly makes sense. And so this guy lost his job, lost his home, and he has no idea why. And a lot of people talk about referendums and, ple and plebiscites as something that is grand and democratic, but it actually it just gives power to elites and foreign possibilities, foreign governments like Russia in that case, or even just whoever has the better financing to campaign. So we had a referendum here on gun control, and the question was posed of, are you not in favor of disarmament? It was something like that, which is, it had a double negative. So you had to vote no to be in favor of disarmament. 
or something. It, it was really weird. It was a really bad way to formulate the question. And uh-huh. people in favor of just, you know, people against disarmament had way more money to campaign. So that kind of decision cannot be just done in that way. I'm completely against referendums or plebiscites in the case of reproductive rights uh, because it's a human right, so it shouldn't be left to anyone else to decide what women do with their bodies. So I find it completely ridiculous and absurd and uh, Brexit pisses me off and I don't even live there. (laughs) What drives me mad more than anything else is this idea that people can be so easily influenced by troll farms operating out of St. Petersburg. Because do you know what's happened to me since we've started doing this podcast? What? Well, as you know, I don't use Twitter very well. It's not a thing that I like to... I basically use it to read news. That's all I do, is to catch up on news headlines and so on and so forth. And meet a new friend. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. I did meet Miguel on Twitter. Hi! <laughs> What's happened to me since we've started doing this podcast, however, is that I've been followed on on the Twitter sphere by numerous people from political scientific backgrounds, <laughs> most of which are your friends. <laughs> It terrifies him to no end, people. It's hilarious. Keep doing it. Yeah, no, don't. Please stop. Please, please stop following me on Twitter. Because the thing is, right, is that I am not very clever at all whatsoever. (laughs) And I have nothing interesting to say about anything at all, right? So as soon as you start following me, you will be severely disappointed by the fact that I just I just retweet memes about funny-looking fish. That's all we I do. We love memes. Political scientists who are good political scientists love memes. If you don't love a meme, right. you're okay. a bad political scientist. But that's my point. If you look at people who are genuinely, legitimately into politics, right, to the point where they've made it their entire career, if you look at people who are, who are that, that into politics, do you know how often they tweet about politics? Like once every three days, you know, they'll read an article in the New York Times and they'll go look at this article in the New York Times about Bolsonaro or something like that. That's what they'll do, you know? What they don't do is tweet about politics consistently. They don't. They don't do that. Not every tweet is about politics. Like most of, most of the political scientists that are your friends and follow me are more likely to tweet about the fact that they've just bought a, a loaf of bread that looks like a hedgehog, right? Rather than actually tweet about something to do with anything to do with governments or so on and so forth. And yet if you go if you scroll through Twitter and you find people who reply to anything to do with say for example, uh if Boris Johnson makes an announcement on Twitter and you'll have a bunch of replies or Donald Trump does it and you'll have a bunch of replies and you, f- you scroll through the accounts that reply to them and the majority of the accounts on there do nothing but tweet about politics. That's all they do. And that's not, that's not a legitimate, right? I'm not saying that nobody ever does that. What I'm saying is, is that I guarantee you, I guarantee you 80 to 90% of those accounts are in some way false. Yeah. Whether they be intentionally trolling just for kicks 
or whether they be intentionally trolling just for the fact that they can have, you They're know, either bots. for nefarious political ends. Yeah. And therefore, if I know that's happening, and again, I'd like to point out that I have the intellectual capacity of an amoeba, <laughs> then realistically, people whose job it is to know this is happening should also know this is happening, and therefore they should be investigating this, and they're not. And not even that they're not investigating it, they're turning a blind eye to it. And it is beyond infuriating when it results in people losing their jobs, people getting dragged into debt, people ending up in poverty, and people ending up homeless, which is what is exactly what will happen when Brexit finally comes to fruition. So, yeah, so we have a lot of bots. You have troll farms that are actual people. And mm -hmm, Sam yeah. B has done some really good segments on this on her show, showing these effects on U.S. politics. And she's interviewed people from Russian troll farms. So we know that they're out there. So to mm -hmm. be fair to my colleagues, we are people. Goofballs. Yes, yes I know. most of us are goofballs. We're a bunch of nerds who have varied interests. It is also kind of scary sometimes to tweet about politics. Sometimes I really rethink some tweets because I'm scared that I might end up getting attention that I don't want through mm. them. And when I have done some thread or another on pol politics and just went for it and just tweeted about politics constantly... It did not get as much attention as this loaf of bread looks like a porcupine. Mm -hmm. But also because I am followed by a lot of academics. So usually, I mean, I went viral complaining about academia. And when I found an app that reads PDFs aloud. So that one was a big success. One thing that really harms our capacity to communicate with people. Because, you know, there are only a handful of academics and an even smaller handful of them are social scientists and an even smaller handful of them are political scientists. Which is why we decided to do this podcast, obviously, yeah. was because of the, the massive available market there would be to, to <laughs> listen to it. I wish you'd told me this earlier. Honestly, I really do. <laughs> the thing is, what I wanted to do this podcast, I would never have done this with another political scientist or with another academic because we already talk to each other way too much. And and mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done it by myself either because oh, okay. I would not be able to realize the stuff that you do and that you ask me about because I'm already, I have a biased view in that I think everyone is a political scientist, and I think everyone knows the stuff that I know. And most people don't know about troll farms. Most people don't know that this stuff is happening. And the people that you mentioned, the British government, they are actually encouraging this by not doing anything. They actually want this to happen because their funders, yeah. the people who are funding campaigns for the Tories and the people who are maintaining these elites in power, they are the ones who are funding Brexit. So Johnson doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care 
about joblessness. He doesn't care about unemployment because he knows that he's going to have the funding for the campaign. So he knows that he'll have enough to campaign in a way that people are not going to trust their own experiences in their own eyes. Even I saw a difference from 2017 and 2018 going to Manchester and I saw that homelessness increased. I saw that there were more people on the street, leaving, living on the street in Manchester from one year to another. But campaigning is so damn difficult and it's so damn expensive that people stop trusting their own eyes. And right now people are so entrenched in their views. Everything is so polarized that people are not changing their minds. So in Brazil, research is showing that people who see Bolsonaro as good or great, his core base, they don't change their minds at all. People who saw him as okay, who are in the middle, those are the ones who have shifted. But we see this in my own family. So we had a Facebook group for the family and my aunt just suddenly posted something positive about Bolsonaro. And she's 75. And she just decided that she likes him. And there's no way to change her mind. Even talking to her and saying, I study this. This is my work. She doesn't trust me. It's very hard. It's very difficult to get people to understand, to get people to open their minds. But it's... it's it, What bothers me about it is that it's blindingly obvious. That's yeah. the thing. You only have to think about it for, for more than 30 seconds to go to see where the holes are. It's worse than what Aldous Huxley predicted in Brave New World because he predicted people being completely blinded by television and drugs and you know he he didn't predict that people would just see a marketing campaign and live in complete shit and you know being in a pandemic be the, mm -hmm. the worst the second worst country in a pandemic and still be defending the god-awful president that actually has the disease and still says it's nothing how the fuck and I'm still waiting for somebody to please explain this to me. How the fuck can a pandemic be polarized? Do you know what I think it is, right? Genuinely. Do you know what I think it is? I think coronavirus has been branded incorrectly, <laughs> right? Because if you took the UK as an example, and if you said we're an island, there are vampires on this island, we don't know how many they are, they're not the sparkly kind of vampires who just look a bit moody. What these vampires are is that they are your Nosferatu all fucking ears types of vampires, right? Okay? That's, that's the type of vampires we're talking about, okay? There's a bunch of them. Again, we don't know how many there are, but they have so far managed to kill 60,000 people in this island on which there is no escape. Now, the way you defeat these vampires is this. As long as you do this, you should be okay. You shouldn't get killed by the vampires, right? It doesn't matter what that answer is. You could say, eh, wear a mask, befriend a trout, stay indoors. It doesn't matter. People are, are going to do it regardless, right? I think if we said Vampires, Bolsonaro would just try to get their vote. Yeah, so I don't know about that strategy. Trump probably would too. 
he would just ask, are they voters? Because in the United States, it's not mandatory. So, you know, you have to register the vampires. I was trying to think of a good campaign slogan that you could use to attract the vampire vote. Oh, boy. I don't know. Hang on. Ah, I've got it. Okay. Okay. Would the slogan be for attracting the vote of the undead? The undead. Vote for Trump 2020 for a bright future. Eh, oh. See that? I, I took the word bright and I changed it into, into bite because they got fangs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I got, I got it. Yeah. 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 So, vote for Bolsonaro 2022. It's not like he's going to live forever. <laughs> I feel icky just saying the first part of that. No, don't, I don't vote for I, I don't vote tell. for Bolsonaro ever, ever. That's disgusting. I'm gonna have nightmares about that today. I can't believe I just said that, even in jest. Vote for Bolsonaro, 2022. Hang on, wait a minute. No, no, no. Wait, I've got this. I've got this. <laughs> I've got it. Got it. If you're looking for something vain, vote <laughs> Bolsonaro, 2022. <laughs> Done. Swish. Nice. Three. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. Nicely done, Mr. Davis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, ladies, I am really this attractive. Anyway, do you want to wrap it up okay. and say goodbye to people? Yes, I think we should because this has gone on very very long okay everyone so thank you for listening we got a lot of good feedback from last week's episode so thank you very much for keeping up with us and enjoying what we are creating and like subscribe share like us on twitter that makes me so happy like you want to make somebody happy today like us on twitter and tell your friends Mm-hmm. They'll also need to know where we are on Twitter to be able to like us. Brazil Nuts Pod. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Thanks for listening and hear you next week. Okay. All right. Take care. Love you all. Bye. Bye. So, what you're saying <laughs> is, is that, Larissa, what you're saying is, is that you're only in this for the clicks then. Is that right? That's all you want is just, is just. You just want the clicks. Well, it's endorphins, man. Brazil Nuts is an effort by Larissa Peixoto and Gareth Davis. We'd like to thank Vostad Zelinski for a graphic design. We'd also like to thank the essential workers for keeping us safe. And you, our listeners, who have impeccable taste in both podcasts and also musicals featuring tiny ginger orphans we love you all of you even if you're weird and your continued support helps keep this magic alive as it were okay bye We've gone back to our roots. Yeah. You know, like Christina Aguilera singing in Spanish. That's what we've done here. Christina Aguilera never sang in Spanish. She did.
You mean Shakira? I don't mean Shakira at all. Well, I know who Shakira is, and I know who Christina Aguilera is. No, They're two completely different don't. people. You're a white boy. Oh yeah. I, you probably yeah, had like, a poster on top of your bed. Oh, sure. I think you'll find I had posters under my mattress. Uh, 